ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Bifiga podcast. My name is Alfredo. I'm here with Cristiano Oliveira. Hola. What's going on, everybody? Up in Canada, Steve Santos. Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? And our stat master, Dave de Oliveira. No uh, relation to Cristiano. Not yet, but now that we know him. Luckily for Dave. <laughs> on tonight's podcast, podcast number 271, We are going to be looking back at Benfica's game against Boa Vista, and we'll look ahead to Benfica's game uh, and trip to the Mata Real to play Passo Ferreira, a game that traditionally is a very complicated game uh, for Benfica, but nonetheless, I think we're on a good streak. So uh, let's uh, let's hope that that uh, that will be good for us. So let's, uh, but let's start at the beginning. Start with the, this Boa Vista game, a, a, a team that's been kind of our. Uh, our bogey team, if you, if you will, uh, in the past uh, couple seasons, they have actually uh, were the only team that has beaten us this um, this season so far. And uh, we were set up at Stade Luz for uh, for a great game. I'll give you the lineup. Varela was in goal. Almeida, Ruben Dias, uh, Jardel and Grimaldo. Across the back, face of Pizzi and Zivkovic. And the midfield triangle, Rafa and Servi on the wings. And Janish. Um, up front. So this was the lineup, and I think that uh, right now, it, it, Steve, I don't think that Vitoria is messing around with uh, with any experiences. Rafa hasn't played all that great, if you will, but he is getting the chances. I think that he's making a little bit out of those chances. Uh, he still hasn't impressed me, but yet he continues to uh, get chances. Yeah, I mean, let's gonna put Jean Carvalho there. I. I I don't really see what else he's gonna gonna invent to to do to to that right hand side with Salvio out. So if Zivkovic and if Krovinovic was fit, then you'd have a little bit more options. But with or unless he's gonna play Diogo Salvs from the beginning, which is a possibility. But I don't. I, I think Hafa's has surpassed him in the pecking order at the moment. He's not like you say. He's not impressed. He's not been that bad. I know Chris is gonna make it. I know Chris is going to come at me and say he's been awful, but he's, I don't know. I I still think that... You think it could be still worse? So, there's still something that... I don't know. Hafa, for me, still has something that he, he still hasn't shown us. I still think that there's something deep down there that that he still hasn't shown us. I think... I don't yeah. know if it's a lack of, of um, confidence or maybe too much confidence, but... The player, the player that we used to see at Braga was a different player than we've ever seen in the Benfica jersey. And I'm still waiting to see if at some point we'll see the half of the player at Braga. Well, Steve here, uh, one thing. Yes, he's been horrible. He's been absolutely <laughs> terrible at times. But this is the part I think will be surprising to you is uh, he's actually shown some flashes at times. And even though there's still some mind-numbing plays that are like, what the hell is this guy thinking? He's getting a little bit more involved and... You know, he shows flashes. So he's been a little bit better in, in that aspect. So I can't really kill him. Um, team is winning. Uh, he's putting in the work. He's putting in a shift every game. So, again, I reiterate, he. there's times where I shake my head, but there's some positives. At least here's before, the, we didn't even see positives. Now we actually Here's the thing. 
compare him to Salvi when Salvi was not playing that well. Like yeah, this year he's been well. He's been playing well. No, no doubt about it. But Salvi of years past and the half of to the current to the past couple of games he's played for me, there's not too much of a difference. At least going forward, I think uh, defensively Salvi offers uh, a bit more know-how, a bit, a bit more understanding of what's needed defensively. But going forward or, or with the ball at his feet, I don't think Hafa makes many more mistakes with the ball than, than Salvi does, if any. Now, the one reason why I think he's on the on the field, Alfredo and Dave and, and Steve, the reason why I think he's getting the chance here, obviously the price tag around his neck, that's something that will always be there until he leaves, right? And so Benfica is always going to try to give him that opportunity to see if he can salvage something from that from that ridiculous uh, transaction. That being said, let's be honest. He's on the field because he gives the team width and he gives the team speed. There's not many other guys. You don't have many other options. The only other guy you have on the bench that could actually do that is Diogo Salves. Unless I'm forgetting someone, there's no one else on the team that could stretch the opposition like Rafa and Aservi can right now. There's no one else. And I know you're going to mention Juan Carvalho, but Juan Carvalho is not no, that guy. Player. doesn't different have player. the speed. Absolutely. So different the only player. other option is between him or between a very green Diogo Salves, a kid that, what, last time he played was October until this past weekend or whatever it was, right? He went a bunch of months without even you know, being a part of the club. So I think he's going with the veteran, with the guy that's been there, a guy, again, that's got a high price tag around him, a guy that there's huge expectations around. If he falters, I think Yo Gonçalves will be the next guy in line because I think Rui Vitoria loves the fact that he gives the team width. He loves the fact that he's got speed. And on a counterattack, the guy could, you know, if, he's ever, if he ever gets it right with that speed, it'll be lethal. Yeah. Um, Ruben Diaz getting on, uh, on the board on the 18th minute. I think Cristiano... Nine goals from corner kicks this season. Jardel and Ruben Diaz back-to-back -back home games that they have scored in. Now, I, I, I read something on Twitter, uh, and look, this is more entertainment than anything, where somebody stated that it's amazing how much of a difference it makes when not all the corners are aimed at Luizão. What do you think <laughs> about that? Hey, listen, you, you tend to normally, right, most of the time you tend to – Try to serve the tallest guy in the box. I mean, why not? I think it's smart. And if Luizon is your tallest guy, that's who you go to, unless you have some type of set play set up that you, you know, you try to practice and you want to, you know, come into a game and you want to take advantage of something that you saw on video. That's fine. But normally you go to your tallest guy. And look, it's working out. But who's to say that it wouldn't work out as well if Luizon was there? I mean, this week, I don't think it had anything to do with Ruben Diaz. It was more of a Jardel very smartly understanding that. He didn't really have – he wasn't in a position to put it on goal with power. He's kind of like stepping back, and he put it back into the opposite side of the box, and Ruben Diaz just so – I, I don't think it's like, wow, we served Ruben Diaz. He went up. He What a monster. I think it was more of a set play this weekend. Yeah. But nonetheless, still tremendous job. I mean, anytime you get goals from your back line like this at this rate, it's fantastic. I mean, it's only going to help. Yeah, especially when uh, when when Jonas hasn't scored it. And now two games back three. to – Three, right? Three, three games? I believe it's three now. I think uh, it's three. Two, two games back-to-back back that, uh, that, that Jonas has. No, Balenciaga's last game in this game. No, three he scored games. the free kick. He scored oh, the free snap. Kick. It was yep. so late and so, you know, so much extra you, time. You already uh, turned off the TV? I already turned off the TV, you know, because the referee, you know, that's that's what it was. I'm sorry, guys. You're right. Oh, Speaking of uh, uh, extra time, how much time do we have left? Four minutes. Okay. Um, so that's, an hour, that's an hour in sporting time. <laughs> third uh, 
third win in, uh, sorry uh, before i get into that uh so uh, jardel gets the 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 second goal in the 44th minute in a, in a first half that benfica basically dominated this boavista team boavista didn't have one shot in the first half uh and benfica was was playing well they were on top of boavista and uh, even though we were getting the, the goals from our center backs nonetheless we were having a dominating performance uh the left side you could take a, a look at that left side whether you take out Zivkovic and you insert uh, Krovinovic, that left side has been doing tons of damage uh, this season, especially when they're together. Uh, Servi Grimaldo and, uh, as I mentioned, Zivkovic or, or, or Krovinovic. I was going to take a back seat here because I just was talking for the last 10 minutes. I wanted Steve to jump in, but I have to jump in here, Steve. And look, and I know I'm going to say this, and I know some of you are going to call me crazy. How dare you say But I think that left side, is playing better with Zivkovic in it than when they were with Krovinovic in there. Call me crazy. I just think that those three have such a chemistry between the three of them. I don't know if it's just the tendencies and the little technical ability, knowing your left foot, you know, the, where guys are going to fall. I don't know what the hell it is, but whatever it is, it's working. And once again, we thought I got lucky on this because his initial replacement was Carvalho, but that's yeah. another story for another day. But I think those three guys are playing at a higher level right now than when Krovinovich was in there. What you think, Steve? Well, yeah, here, that's that's something that Steve and I were actually talking about oh. this afternoon. But so, Steve, Steve yeah, I'm I was going to lead I'm, him into that. I'm glad you guys uh, left me out of the, the pre-show uh, meetings. I appreciate that. Steve. Dave, hey, were you included? Nope. <laughs> um, the the, the Zivkovic thing, you're, you're spot on. I mean, the understanding that these three kids seem to have together um, is really top-notch. Uh, I, I really like how any of the three could end up in any of the three positions. You, you'll see um, at times Zivkovic is, is the guy who's the furthest uh, back in, in the three. At other times you'll see uh, him as the furthest forward with, with uh, Servi more in the midfield-like role. And, and I think that's one of the, one of the keys uh, to why it's working so well. They seem to have a very good understanding with each other, like you said before on where one is in the pitch and where the other needs to be. Um, and the whole thing with Krovinovic, till, till now, I'll, I'll have to agree with it, but Krovinovic had a, had a slightly longer run in the team and, and you saw more good and more bad um, to base your, your, um, your opinion off of. Uh, they're a joy to watch right now. Look, I mean, let's be fair to Krovino. They're so much fun to time, watch. When they implemented them into the lineup, they were also going through the adjustment per period of switching to a 4-3-3, so we have to throw that in there. I'm not knocking Krovino, which I absolutely love him, but I just think that the club is playing better now. They're, I, I think That's, just from everybody, I mean, from, from the top, like with the exception of goalkeeper, from the back forward to the strikers, everyone seems to have picked up their game. And again, it might be because they've just get, you know, they've gotten accustomed to playing the 4-3-3, what to expect. Krovinovic was thrown into that 4-3-3 more out of necessity. I believe there's not enough going, not enough football, not enough, uh, you know, not enough, how do I put it, victories. But I think he was just struggling at the beginning of the season, yeah. put it that way. And Krovinovic was thrown in there. And so it took a little bit of that adjustment period. And I think now these guys are accustomed and adjusted, adjusted to playing these positions. And it just, I mean, Zivkovic has been absolutely stunning. I don't think anyone expect. I did, and I love him. I mean, go back to preseason. That's the one guy two years ago, so I'm most excited to see. I don't, I, he, he's hitting a level at Benfica that he hasn't hit any time prior. He's playing terrific, man. And so he's making this work really well because I don't think any of us anticipated that he could play this well in the middle. Yeah. And let's 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 talk about uh you know one of the components of the 
of the 4-3-3 is Servi, of course. And, you know, I, I'm going to spend a little bit talking about him. Uh, and Dave was kind enough to provide some some stats. But I want, what I wanted to say is that uh, the 4-3-3 the was implemented in, on November 5th uh, against Guimarães. 17 games with the 4-4-2 formation, 9 wins, 3 draws, and 5 losses. 19 games with the 4-3-3 formation, 11 wins, 5 draws, and three losses in all competitions. So uh, obviously there, there's a there's an improvement as far as record, also the way the team has been playing uh, with this 4-3-3. So um, again, uh, is Steve was this 4-3-3 born out of necessity? We got a couple. We got a couple factors, right? We got a, the factor that uh, Pizzi's not playing well. Uh, Pizzi's not playing well. Rui Vitoria perhaps sees the, the the need to put another guy in the midfield to help out Pizzi as Pizzi seemed to be get, getting a little bit uh, too uh, overmarked at times or he wasn't really playing well. He wasn't able to do anything. Uh, how much do you think that has to do with Pizzi? And the other thing is that um, after that fiery start and how he started on fire, um, Seferovic really went down And he went from being the perfect partner to Jonas to the point that we let go of Mitroglou to being a complete nullity. So we got two factors at play here. What do you think the one, which one factor was more important and perhaps the deciding factor to turn into a 4-3-3? Well, I think the biggest factor was to get your best players on the pitch. Um, like you mentioned before, Seferovic started the season really well. We were playing pretty well for the first what five games six games maybe no not even we had some rough times even then i i think what happened was you saw a bit of krovinovic after he comes comes back from his injury uh the more you see of him the more you know you can't leave him out of the lineup um and then really something that i've always something that i believe in is you the players really decide what's what formation you play um basically you will have guys that will force you to play in a certain formation because that's what you can, the way you can get the most out of them but your your idea of the game and your beliefs on the way the game should be played shouldn't really change based on your formation so uh, that's where i go with that i think the reason that we switched the 433 isn't so much that it's a lot of people say that it's Rivitoria's preferred system, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, we we played 4-4-2 all last year and we won. Why wasn't it Rui Vitoria's preferred system shown sooner if this is the case? I, I, I don't I don't go with that. Uh, for me, it's all down to player quality and the type of players you have for each position, and that's what you end up with. I mean, who's to say we wouldn't play a back three if that's the, the type of players that we had? Uh, available is the best option to get them all out on the pitch is to play a back three. Um, so are, you giving back, are you giving credit to Vittoria for not being stubborn to really playing to his strength? Would you? What do you mean by not playing with the four three three last year? If if the four three three is mean, specifically his strength, he look if he's looking at if he's if he's looking at the squad and he sees that the squad, the squad is is better suited to play the four three three, and he makes that that decision. Uh, and we're talking about you giving credit to Rui Vittoria. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you if you're a coach, you want your best 11 out there. But in the same way you want to credit Rui Vittoria, uh, how do you watch games in and out and, and, and practice sessions in and out, 
and leave Zivkovic on the bench till now. And and had <laughs> Krovinovic not gotten hurt, Zivkovic still standing sitting on the bench. We still wouldn't have seen him, right? So and Ruben Dias, who right now has uh for me a very good shot of going to the World Cup, would have probably been on the bench if Jardel and Luizon were fit too. Right? Again, look, look, man. I think when it comes to this, I think it was a combination of two things, right? And, and it just sucks because I guess I have to praise Vittoria because I guess he realized it, right? Which was, it to me, it came out of necessity and it was a combination of the only striker at the time that was at, playing adequate soccer was Jonas. The other two guys, you weren't getting much from. Then you start seeing Krovinovic in practice, you start realizing, and I guess that's where I'll give him credit, is you realize he needed to get this guy on the field. Therefore, rather than being stubborn and stick with the 4-4-2 that had been successful the past, the, the past two seasons, which ultimately ended in championships, he wasn't stubborn enough. He realized, look, my strikers ain't doing crap. I have a, a good quality, a young player that's going to come into the midfield, allow me to have more possession, a guy that will be able to create because PZ is so off this season, at least the beginning of the season was terrible. Uh, I have no one to really create. I need to insert someone else. And so that came out of necessity. Zivkovic playing came out of necessity. Ruben Diaz, and it's like, I'll give Vitoria credit for realizing that it wasn't working. Something needed to be done. Fine. But then, you know, these these success stories fall into his lap. Ruben Diaz falls into his lap. It wasn't like, Jardel or, or Luizão, thank you for the 13, 14 years. But now, it's like, okay, and but people are going to pray. They'll chance, oh, the, the horse passed by. You know, he saw these guys. No, no, let's be but, honest. But do you think they, he gives them a chance if he didn't think he would, they were ready? Yeah, no, the choice at the time. Look, you kept he kept throwing out a guy who I thought with more playing time, a guy that I thought would have turned the corner. That's Lisandro Lopes, right? He wasn't a fan. He, and I get look when the, especially at a center back, when you don't have rhythm and you don't play regular minutes, you're gonna be rusty. And then a guy like that that understands he's behind two other guys, Jardel and, and Luizão. It was gonna be hard to dethrone these guys from their position. You might want to go in there do a little bit extra. Whatever it was, it didn't work out. So at that point, he was force-fed a player from the B team that they did not have money to go out and fortify. We sat here. Even the biggest diehard Benficistas that will sit here today and tell all of us, oh, I always believe in, Rui Diaz, uh, in Ruben Diaz. Even you guys were criticizing the club for not going out and signing another center back at the beginning of the season. So that's the one That's the one position that I felt we really should have seen. Absolutely. So Krovinovic, I, I understand he had an appendix or her, whatever the hell it was in preseason. Ernia. But they didn't even put him in a Champions League roster. Well, but because that's that's also a foreign spot that you're taking up. So there, there's limited choices there. Okay, moving on. He finally gets hurt, right? Not finally, because it sounds like, oh my God, thank you. No, he gets hurt. Unfortunately, he gets hurt. What's his first thing? He's gonna throw up the kid from the B team once again. He's gonna force feed him to you. Realizes, like, God damn, this guy ain't doing Zivkovic, cavalta to a porta. Bora la. Again, it's not like it, had he gone to Zivkovic from day one. And Zivkovic, yo, good good job. But again, I can't praise the guy for that. I'll praise him for the whole scheme and the whole system switch, but I can't praise him for it. And it goes back to two years ago with Renato. Look, man, I'm a Vittoria guy. He's a classy, wonderful human being. Uh, you got either uh, opposition coaches praising the guy for being a gentleman. Fantastic. And I know the club is winning. And as long as the club wins, man, I'll lead it. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'll lead it. But it's not like he goes, you know, you can't criticize the guy. He goes criticism free. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty that we could talk about. But as long as the club keeps winning, man, that, that's all that matters. Yeah. 
let's let's turn to the to the focal point and the focal player that um, has really been propelling this this team uh, into the next level. And when I say that, I'm talking about Servi. And I'll give you some stats. Uh, Servi last season, uh, 41 games started, 28 seven goals. Out of the 41 games, only nine games did Servi play the whole 90 minutes. And he scored on his debut as Supertasa, Aveiro. Right. Uh, Supertasa. This Gaon, season, uh, 26 games so far, started 23. He's got four goals already. Out of the 26, only 12 games as Servi played the whole 90 minutes. Uh, since the beginning of 2018, Servi has been in the starting lineup every match, eight in total, and he's only been subbed off twice. Uh, thanks to, to Dave uh, for that. Uh, also, uh, what I wanted to to uh, refer back and also something that I read on, on Twitter that Krovinovich's entrance into this team uh, and some of the, the consistent starts by Servi perhaps coincide with Benfica's best moment. What do you think about that? I, I you cut out in the middle of that. Yeah, say that but, again. I, I'm sitting next to him and I didn't get it. Say right. that again. So no, no, my, mine cut out. I didn't actually hear. Krovi, it. Krovino, both Krovinovich's uh, introduction into the team, yeah. uh, and, and the consistent play that Servi was getting. Because if you remember, uh, Gonçalves started yeah, they, a lot of the Champions League games. Correct. I disagree yeah. with that. I disagree. Krovinovich and Servi, I think, came into the team more or less around the same time. Right. So, and and coincides with Benfica's rise in and ascendant in, in form. Uh, look, Steve, I'll make it quick. I, I think Servi's been really playing at this level the last, what, five, six, seven weeks? He's been at most of the season he was inconsistent. That's hence the reason why he got subbed a lot of the times. One thing you praise him for, he puts in his effort week in, week out. And I know, you know, it gets tired. And so, and there's so many options at the time. There wasn't a lot of players being, you know, the, the, a lot of the guys weren't hurt. So you had like six wingers to play in two spots. So somebody had to, to you know, to go off. And that was a guy. But I think he's really been at this level the last six, seven weeks. This, we have not gotten the same. This survey we see today is not the survey we saw in October, or November, and December. Well, he and wasn't getting consistent playing exactly, time. Exactly. But Krovinovich, that's when he got thrown into the games. Krovinovich yeah, got I, thrown in in October. And Servi really has been lights out since Krovinovich has been out, really. Since the 4 3 3. No, more. But, but no, you, been you, out. But since Krovinovich got injured, Servi's picked up his game. Yeah. Right. I'll, but, I'll, but, I'll go with that. But you could also point to the fact that since the four three three, it's it, it seems to have given no, uh, Servi more, more freedom. I just think over the last six weeks, seven weeks, I might be off a week, I might be adding another week, but around six weeks, I will say he's really reached the uh, uh, the form, the peak. This is the best he's played at Benfica, and I think from August until December, I think he was inconsistent. And Krovinovich got inserted into the lineup, but in October. And then he was just playing season game, uh, uh, league games, and not playing uh, Champions because obviously he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, uh, registered. But to me to say that it was Krovinovich, I, I don't think that's accurate because. Yeah, it's uh, no, 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 I'm saying no, to, but say, to say that it was the insertion of Korvinovich that picked up Servi's play. I, I, I don't think that's but, accurate. But here's the here's the other thing. Let's, so so let let's break it this let let's break it this way, right? So Steve, how do you think? The four four two differs from the four three three in terms of giving Servi more freedom, more room to play. You're more not gonna support. like my answer. You're not gonna like my answer. I, I'm not here to like your my, answers. My my answer is that, that Servi's role has not changed basically at all from the four four two to the four three three. But uh, he I does have anything, more support. What he has now is he has another guy to play off of with the four three three, especially now with with Zivkovic. 
Um, but not his own individual role and what he needs to do on the pitch and what he's expected, uh, the way he's expected to create uh, mismatches and, and to beat guys 1v1 and all the things that he's doing right now, for me, doesn't change his role too much from the 4-2 to the 4-3-3. Will he see more of the ball than he would have um, with the 4-4-2, especially the way we were playing before, where we lacked that creative bit that we lacked the player that made the team tick and made the game the game flow and that's where i think really if we're looking for a catalyst to the way um mefica has really started to play better over the past three months or so you're looking at at, at krovinovic not servi i mean right now servi has picked up his game by a, a lot like his level is a lot higher than it, than it ever has been uh with mefica but for me, if you're looking for the one player or the one role that's really changed and made this team grow, it's Krovinovic's role, which is now being taken over by Zivkovic. No, I agree with you. Zivko, uh, Krovinovic turned the ship around. Yeah, he's Krovinovic, the catalyst. But he's the, to turn the season around. But his question was the insertion, the ins, you know, to insert both of those guys into the lineup. The four-three-three. That, that Servi's play has picked up because of Krovinovic's inclusion, and I disagree with that because Krovinovic got hurt like what a month ago, month and a half ago, and that's when Zivkovic's numbers went up, and that's when his performance Servi. picked up. What did I say? Krovinovic. <laughs> that's when Servi's. That's when Servi's performance picked up yeah. because. And again, as good as Zivkovic, as good as Krovinovic is, Krovinovic is a guy that had the ball a lot more on his feet and created a lot more. Zivkovic is letting that go. And right now, Benfica and, and Smart on their part, they're seeing that Servi, he's on the uptick. Servi's been playing lights out. They're feeding him the ball. And that's the thing. He has the ball more now than when Krovinovic was on the field. And that's why, to me, his game has picked up since Krovinovic has gone off. And again, Zivkovic is doing a terrific job, yada, yada, yada. But it's the fact he's getting like, look, we watched the game last weekend. Seven out of every 10 attacks, the ball's going down the left side. He constantly has the ball at his feet. When Krovinovic is there, he's spreading the ball. You know, he's a classy playmaker. He's a guy, not saying that Zikovic can't do that, it's but Krovinovic is more to spread the ball around and relieve, right. relieve uh, PZ of those duties and give him more of a breathing space. I'm going to control it. He's a guy that ran up the field with the ball and had the ball at his feet a lot more. Zivkovic plays very simple, and he did. He had a couple of runs where he took off from from midfield and took off with the ball. Yes, he holds on to it, but I think he's let his role is a little bit different than a Korovinovic's. So Servi's seen a lot more of the ball, and I think he's excelling at that. Yeah. And so to me, Korovinovic turned the season around for Benfica, and he might be the reason why they went to a four three three ultimately. But I think to say that his inclusion is the reason why Servi's picked. No, I, I think Servi's been the best Servi we've seen at Benfica since Krovinovic has went down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great point where you, where you got what I was trying to get at is because of the 4-3-3. Now there's more support to play off of. There's more interplay. In that left side. And a lot of the good more football that the we've team seen is... for Benfica comes from that left side, comes from those combinations, comes from guys releasing themselves, the, the mismatches that are created because we're floating zones with, with support. Uh, that's the point that I was trying to get at. But I, I understand what you're saying. The team is in such a different moment, though. I mean, in October, we would watch this team and they would be basically playing football standing still. Movement off the ball was next to none. Uh, reacting to losing the ball was nowhere near what it is now. I mean, the way we're keeping teams pinned in right now, 
after we lose the ball and we re recuperate it so quickly and, and, and teams can't get out of their own half, it's like night and day. We didn't do anything like this earlier, like earlier in the season. I, I don't even know. I'm, I don't know if we actually said it on air, but there was times in October, November, we we had feelings that Rui Vitória may have lost the locker room. I can't remember if this was was conversations yeah. before or after podcasts, but we all had that hunch that something was going on because these guys just weren't running for him anymore. But now you could look at many different angles as to why uh, this has changed, but it's changed. There well, is a Steve, that, that sporting, that sporting, that sporting uh, game, sporting that game. sporting, that, and again. We saw this a couple seasons ago when Benfica, with all the criticism, and the players said it's us against the world mentality, and they went off on a tremendous run and ultimately won this won the campeonato. Now this year, there was a lot of con. We touched we touched up on it here on the podcast. There was a tremendous amount of you know of of of, of noise going on outside the four lines with the emails and this and the criticism. Bah, 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 bah. And the club was on all like I think it, it was at the lowest point it had been this season. And that sporting game, and you asked me here if if it's you know for Rui Vitoria, you know he's going to get these guys motivated. And I said, no, I don't think at this level for a game like this, the players will motivate themselves. But now seeing how the team has come together, how they've gelled, with the exception of really the goalie, everyone is playing up to what we expect. And Rafa again has his flashes, but everyone else, even Pizzi, hasn't been as bad as he was at the beginning of the season. I think this team has gotten together and said, look, man, we believe in ourselves. Forget about all the noise. And that sporting game, Steve, that sporting game was the turning point of the season. Yeah. Here's here's one thing that I wanted to say. It, it's It's been very typical uh, uh, during Rui Vitoria's reign that the team has moments, right? So in the beginning, in the beginning of the season, first year, uh, he had that offseason that he came to North America, didn't start the championship well. Put an incredible run together, wins the championship. Last year, and did well in the Champions League too. Don't yeah, forget. last year, same thing again. Uh, a poor first half of the season for Benfica with some dubious results. Again, rallies the troops, wins. We're seeing something very similar now, where the team is finally hitting stride. And, and here's the thing, you know, I, I, it was something that we mentioned here about that sporting that there was a turnaround game. But at what point do you think? All right, so we're looking at both of this Sporting and, and, and Porto team, right? Porto, Porto is just killing everybody in the beginning of the season, right? The team is looking at Porto, the, uh, both Porto and Sporting, and said, "There's no way these guys are are giving up points that easy." Porto was just spanking people. Now all of a sudden, there's a few losses here, uh, a few losses of points. Benfica's back in the run. How much do you think that Benfica gathered that confidence, knowing that these guys? can drop points. The only difference here is this, guys. Throughout a, a, a seven, eight-month season, whatever it is, right, teams are going to go through their ups and downs. Benfica had their rough stretch at the beginning of the season, and, 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 and it was like it looked worse because of our performances in the Champions League, the worst performance in the history of Portuguese clubs, and it was ugly, right? But they were still able to squeeze out some results here in the Portuguese League, and they were able to stay in it, right? Even though Porto was steamrolling teams, Sporting was playing relatively well as well. And now Benfica seems to, even though they're only playing one game a week, I think that's definitely helped them a lot. They seem to be on the uptick, and Porto is going through their struggles because we see, even from the Barcelonas to the Real Madrids of the world, these team, every single team, right, with the exception of the 2002 Arsenal squad, the Invincibles, every team is going to go through their ups and downs. They're going to lose points. They're going to lose games. And it just, right now, that rough stretch, just like last season, that rough stretch came towards the end of the season for Porto, and they're going through that rough stretch now. Even though they just demolished uh, Rio Ave, 
5-0 at home. But they're going through that rough stretch. And what happens with that rough stretch, you see what happened with Benfica. The media starts criticizing. Some teams are able to take it well. Other teams aren't able to take it well. But one thing we know for sure is that no matter how much noise is being said outside that clubhouse, outside that locker room clubhouse, whatever, outside that locker room, right? Outside the, Rui Vitoria, whether they're praising him, Rui Vitoria is bringing his boys down to earth. If they're killing him, Rui Vitoria is picking them up. That's the one thing that we've seen with Rui Vitoria that we don't get from JJ. And Sergio Cesar is hot-tempered. So he's able to calm the boys down. And look, it's a long season, and we'll keep it going. And it's smooth sailing from there on. Our, our adver adversaries, it seems like they're not able to take that criticism like Benfica has when they hit that rough stretch because their coaches are hot-tempered themselves. And we've seen JJ when shit is going when 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 stuff is going wrong, he's the first one to sit there and blow a gasket and start screaming at people. Rivitoria is always calm, even when things are bad. And that's that's awesome. And I think that's why it looks good every single year now in the second half of the season. Benfica seems at some point they hit that weak spot and then they pick it up. And then when their rivals do, because every team does, they're not able to turn it into a positive like Rivitoria is able to do. That's where his yeah. man his man managing skills comes in. That's where his class. His classiness comes in, and that's, I mean, that's the thing we've all praised about. All right, one last thing, and in, in, uh, I'll finish it up with you. Uh, how much time we got? Four minutes, bro. Okay. I just looked. Um, Janish, uh, three missed out of the last four. Do you go to somebody else? Not yet. Not yet. But if he misses another one, and then you start to wonder if it's getting into his head, um, you might have to look at someone else. And I was actually thinking about this today because I, I thought that might have been a question in, in tonight's pod. And I'll pose this to Steve because I'm, I'm always talking. So, Steve, I want you to talk a little bit here, buddy. Who would you, if, if, if you're taking those responsibilities away from Jonas, who would you give it to? Who else would you give it to on the field? It's it's anybody's guess, right? Because no, I, I, have, you know, I have we didn't think Servi could take a I free have kick. Two guys. I have two guys. I have two guys that I think they would go to. I think PT is probably next in line. You think Pizzi's next? Okay. That's if I had to guess Pizzi or, or Grimaldo are next in line. Looking at the guys yeah. on the field and the way they play and the way they strike, I think, I think Z the next two guys are Servi and Grimaldo, I would think. Yeah, Servi, I'd go Servi. Because Servi's Servi the guy that don't mess around. When he puts it on goal, he's not tapping it on goal. Yeah. Uh, here's my th – <laughs> that's all he like we're guessing. But I, I would not take away penalties from Jonas anytime soon. I mean – If uh, he misses another one, Steve, that'll be three dude, in a row. Dude. It's going to get into his head at some point. You but I think if you, if you take it away from him, it gets into his head worse. Personally, the way I, I the way I, the way I would judge character and the way I think Jonas thinks, I think if you take it away from him, it would have a lot more harm uh, in his a lot more harm to his confidence than if he missed another one. Because penalties, okay, uh, this one was a, a little bit telegraphed, but it wasn't a horrible penalty. The one previous to this wasn't a horrible penalty I, I i don't i just don't think it's it's right even if he if he misses the next one he like skies it over the net maybe but if he's he's hitting if, them if well. he's still he's hitting them properly like you know what i mean like he he just i i think it's more luck more, more maybe the slight lack in form i mean he things aren't coming as easily for him as they once were i, I mean uh, even stuff in the middle of the park where it's just yeah. uh, 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 the wrong way to pass, the wrong option. He, he's in a slight dip in form, which fine. You can't expect 
everyone to be Messi and Ronaldo and 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 play freaking almost amazing exactly. every game. Um, so it, it's understandable. For me, you cannot, especially not the next one. Especially not the next one. You got to go to him. If something happens, the next one, maybe you have an argument to look at it. But the next one has got to go to him. I'm look, sorry. It's you know, I, I I agree. I agree. I said if he misses one more. Now here's the thing. This game, Steve, is 10% physical, 90% mental. Oh yeah, for sure. And even the greats go through that struggle of confidence in their head. If he miss, I said if he misses the next one, right? Yeah. Now I'm not saying I wouldn't give. I said I still give it to him the next. I said go back and roll the tape. If no, he misses the next I one, I know I'm just. Being sarcastic. If he misses the next one, right? I seriously, as a coach, I would pull him aside, have a conversation. Like, look, look, man, we're gonna give you a break. I'm not saying you're gonna take him again. You're gonna take him again. We're gonna give you a break. Let things cool off because I can't have a game on the line, right? With him at the penalty spot and his confidence is shaken. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna tell him, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relieve you of your duties. We're winning two zero. We get a penalty. Get up there. That's how you get your confidence. Yeah. Right. You go through those things. So again, it's mental. So I, I don't want it to get there. If it gets to four, you take the free kicks, what you got to do, but we're going to give this duty to someone else until you get back into, into your state of form. All right, let's uh, wrap up this game. So we get two more goals in the second half. One of them was an own goal, and then uh, Jimenez scores in the 90th minute, the fourth goal for Benfica. Benfica gets to three points, gets the revenge on uh, Bovista from earlier in the season when we lost our, our only loss this season uh, at uh, Stade do Bessa, and uh, we're on to the next one. Uh, so next up, uh, we will get uh, Passo Ferreira. We'll travel up north to Material, Capital do Móvel, to play Passo Ferreira in a pitch that's usually that's the smallest pitch in in Portugal, a regulation size but smallest pitch. Um, the game takes place Saturday, 8:30. Passo Ferreira is currently 13th uh, with 21 points, coming out of uh, five wins, six ties, and 12 losses. Uh, they have the second worst defense uh, in the league. They're tied for second worst defense at home. Four wins, four ties, three losses for Passos Ferreira. Last uh, 10, eight wins, one draw, one loss. Last five uh, at the Material, three wins, one draw, one loss. And Passos Ferreira have lost their last three games. Um, it's it's not a trap game. Uh, nonetheless, a very difficult game for Benfica. It's uh, four nothing written all over it. If it was for at home, this? but since it's on the road, oh, I'm okay. always nervous. I'm always nervous with these games at uh, away, but I still think Benfica should come away with a two nothing victory in this game. The way Benfica have been playing the last couple of weeks, the confidence is sky high. Um, I know they struggled at Belenenses. Obviously, that's on the road, so that's why I'm a little bit easy here. I'm not sitting here predicting a four nothing victory, but I still think it's a game that Benfica. And, and again, guys, I mean. What the hell am I gonna say here? I should just I shouldn't even comment on this every time you 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 read about Benfica's next opponent because with the exception of playing three teams in Portugal, I say the same crap over and over. Benfica has to win this game. They have the obligation to win this game. They're better than these guys, and I don't want no excuses. So yeah. I mean, I just repeat what I said two weeks ago. Yeah, trust me, you don't want to uh, lose this game. Remember a couple seasons ago, Cristiano? And I just for, oh yeah, my God, don't even get me back with that. And 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 and, and don't forget Porto Sporting play next. Next week. That's right. So, talking about a trap and game. And Porto got a difficult game at uh, Portimonense also. And yeah, they got to play Sturil. Oh, Sturil's yeah, about half a game Sturil's sometime Wednesday. this week. They, Wednesday, they play Wednesday, Wednesday and then they, they go to Portimonense. Yes. To but no, but I'm just saying, you talked about whether it being a trap game or not. I don't want – this is a, the last game before 
they play each other, mm-hmm. right? Well, Porto's got to play too, but you know what I mean. This weekend is the last week before Porto's part to play each other. So if he has an opportunity to gain points on, on both of them, hopefully you get a draw out of that. So they absolutely have to win this game. They can't go into next, you know, they can't think like, it's all right, because if we don't play our best game next week, one of these teams is going to lose points and we'll make, no, 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 no. That's where the trap comes in. Yeah, I don't want any of that. Come out, play the way you've been playing the last couple of weeks. End this game in the first half. Give Pasfred no opportunity. He shouldn't have an opportunity in this game. And just keep it going. How much time do we got left? Four minutes, buddy. Steve, uh, what do you think about this game? Um, it's one of those games. If 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 Benfica score in the first half, I think it'll end up being comfortable. Uh, if Benfica don't score in the first half, I think every minute that passes is going to get more and more anxious. Uh, regardless of how well we play, I, I think that we're going to get a little bit worried about those typical results that we seem to have on the smaller pitches up north. Um, but it, if we show some of the intensity levels that we've been showing, the chances will come. I think eventually they're going to come and we're, we'll score in the first half. If our level drops even slightly, this will be a game that's going to make you bite your nails to the end, I bet. Yeah. Dave, you want to you wanna risk a prediction, Dave? Let's go with 2 nothing. He's like his cousin. See, two nothing. Good job, Dave. <laughs> How much time we got left? Uh, another four <laughs> minutes. Four more minutes. All right. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's about all the time that we got. We're gonna uh, we're gonna keep going until I decide to just like shut up. <laughs> you know, it's 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 my. Uh, I had uh, had something that I wanted to bring up extra, but oh, uh, I, I forgot all about it. Should I, I bring out the bow tie? I should. Uh, I should have. Um, so I mentioned. Should have written it down. We got time. We got four it's, more minutes. We got time. Not, Go ahead. Go through it. It's it's not. <laughs> go to scramble your brain. We got four more minutes. Yeah. No, we could go on until I remember. We can stop. After I remember, we can shut it up. We could actually stop it short and then come back, like eighteen seconds short, and then come back for another like eight minutes. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. Why not? It's not a problem. Yeah, we could do whatever the hell we want. We're yeah. Portuguese Liga. Yeah. Anyway, um, wanted to, uh, and that's it. That was it. <laughs> that's I, all I, I, I got. Let me guess. You wanted to give Serginho a shout out. Was that was that what it was? Serginho. Oh yeah, yeah see, no, that that was one of the things. Uh, if you now got stay mice, I got If you guys can't, uh, if you guys haven't checked out the newest uh, Conversas a Benfica with uh, with Ricardo Rocha, please, I I highly recommend you go check that out. It's on YouTube on Conversas a Benfica um, channel. So that very entertaining. Uh, it, it's very it, it, you know, one of the things that that I enjoy about. Uh, about Sergio's show, and, and now that he's bringing these uh, ex-players, which We got to get them on the great. show. They all speak English. Let's go. And the thing is that it's 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 such a a, a chill atmosphere yeah. that these Lay guys are, are are very open in the way they talk. Of course, they're, they, you know, they're not cursing up a storm, uh, but they're very relaxed the way they talk. They're not worried about the way they look, about what words they say. They speak candidly. É, Serginho esperto. E, e enxerta os gajos com, com uma garrafa de, de aguardente before the show. The guys come into they're relaxed. You know, they're over there eating sardinhas and chorizo assada. No, uh, no. He no. does a great job. Look, it's, it's a very chill... It's a very chill atmosphere. These guys feel comfortable. Serginho does a great job at asking these questions. He's not going after them. It's kind of more like, yo, you're a beefy keista. Share your experiences with us. And yeah. I think and I think anyone would be very comfortable. No, with he, so he does a good job. He's got very good questions um, for, for Ricardo Rocha. And, and one of them, and, and something that he kind of tiptoed around uh, the, the Ferrer uh, incident. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was very frontal with Ricardo Rocha. And Ricardo Rocha held nothing back. They spoke about that. The, the incident and I know that 
he spoke uh, about the incident with Nuno Gomes, but he didn't get too much in detail. Uh, but with Ricardo Rocha, he, he just uh, he just went ahead and, and got his feelings. But there's a few other things, some experiences uh, from Ricardo Rocha's with his years at Benfica, some some important goals that he scored, in, yep. including the goal against one of the goals against Sporting. So there, there's there's a few things there, and definitely check that out if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, activate the notifications, the campainha. You know, you know, Ricardo Rocha was in a Newark Benfica not too long ago. So maybe, maybe if he comes over again, we'll bring him here into the studio. We'll sit him here in between us, like we had Steve, you know, yeah. sandwich, and we'll we'll ask him a couple of questions. I'll I'll take it easy on you, Ricardo. I won't be a little too aggressive. I'll I'll be easy. I mean, you're not a player. If you were a player right now, I'd be killing you. But you're good. I'll take it easy. No, definitely check that out. Uh, that's all we got. Thanks. What's so the other thing? I can't remember, dude. It was it was something. No, uh, congratulations to the Benfica. Uh, track and field team, oh, cool, cool. indoor track and field team for winning the national champions. That's why I, I, love, I, love, I love how Chris turns off when he talks modalidades. Like I turn off when he starts talking baseball before and after yeah. the podcast. Baseball is a lot more exciting, but I mean, yo, you used up the four extra minutes on that. Man, yeah, how much more time we got? Four minutes, bro. We got. We're still, we're, we're still gonna keep going. Uh, <laughs> we are we gonna announce it now that we were gonna go to Portugal, or are we gonna wait on that? We'll wait on that, right? We'll just wait. We'll make that announcement. We'll wait. We can't confirm nor deny, but we'll we'll make that announcement we'll at, at a later date. Anyway, thanks for checking us out. Don't forget to uh, check us out on uh, on our usual uh, platforms: iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, you could also subscribe to our RSS, RSS feed and and get it on your your pod server yeah. application, whatever Look, you call to it. Make it easy. Don't listen to the radio. Don't watch TV. Don't buy no newspapers. Just listen to the Big Podcast. <laughs> That, I mean, it works for others, right? Can't work for us. Boycott all that stuff. Even conversas. Just listen to Benfica stuff. That's it. No, not conversas. No, need said, to get on I, there. I meant, I meant to say listen to even listen to them too. Oh, saying, listen to just Benfica and stuff. And Benfica FM, don't forget. Just and be, the Benfica just, Pod. Just Benfica stuff. That's it. Everybody, don't even buy the papers. Don't do nothing. Anyway, don't, don't watch TV. If you want to interact with Cristiano on Twitter, he's over at 10, at 10, CO10. Steve Santos likes a good uh, tactical conversation every now and again at Steve Sento 6. Dave's got no Twitter. At Bifiga Podcast is where you can find our Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We usually publish the episodes on Facebook and you can download them there or listen to them uh, through there. Uh, that's all we got. Thanks a lot for checking us out. Next week, we'll be back. We'll, we'll recap this Pasfreda game and we'll look ahead to Benfica's next next game. I think that's all about the time we got. I got four more minutes if you want to think <laughs> up what you forgot. <laughs> Don't tell me it was the modalidad stuff. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was something else that ended up for. Oh, um, uh, here Thank we go. Thank goodness for the four minutes. <laughs> here we Thank go. Thank goodness for the it, extra time. Yeah, the extra time always gives you it an extra works. chance. Always works. Regardless of whether you somebody's leg or not. Hey. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll bleep that out at the end. Now it's going to have the E on iTunes. Way to go. Yeah. Ferru, Jetson, and Eddie Bert all extended their contracts until. 2022, 2022, and one of them is 2021. 20, 60 million uh, buyout clause. Uh, that's what they, uh, that's what Befiga put on them. And that's all I got. Thanks that very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your summer signings. <laughs> Thanks everybody for checking us out. Uh, don't forget to, uh, to subscribe on iTunes and rate us. It helps. Later. Peace.